Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks Holiday Edition. Today is part two in our Holiday Hacks series and we are talking about holiday hosting and specifically how to make that holiday meal happen when you're the host. I know that getting a meal on the table can be stressful just in general, like on any average weeknight. So thinking about hosting for the holidays, it might be something that's exciting to you. It might be something that lights you up, but it still might be a little bit stressful. Whether you love to cook or you're not a huge cook at all, but you just really enjoy having people over, having people around, you like the idea of hosting, I want to help you make this feel simpler and less stressful. Hence the hacks. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20-ish minutes, about the time it takes you to fold a load of laundry. So let's do this, mama. So I have a long history in the food industry. I've worked in high-end restaurants and I've worked in catering as a personal chef. So I have a lot of experience in making meals happen and getting things on the table in a certain amount of time. So I want to hit on kind of the main points and the main things that are going to help you to get everything you need on the table in the right amount of time. But first and foremost, we have to talk about what you actually need to execute that meal that you're going to make. So what are the basics? If you are hosting a holiday meal, what you actually need for that holiday meal is going to differ based on what the theme or the vibe is going to be. So if it's a cocktail party and you're just doing appetizers, then maybe it's a few appetizers and a charcuterie board. If it's a full-blown dinner, then you're going to need a little bit more than that. So figure out what your theme or vibe is. I talked about this in the last episode when I talked about how to stress less about hosting, but you'll have to figure out what type of party you want to have. Is it a hot cocoa bar and you'll serve some cookies or desserts? Is it a potluck and so other people will be bringing food? Is it going to be a buffet style and everyone's going to serve themselves? Or is it going to be a sit-down dinner? For the purpose of today's episode, I'm going to just assume that it is a sit-down dinner. And we're going to kind of go start to finish in getting that sit-down dinner on the table with less stress 
making that meal happen. So what are the basics you're going to need for a sit-down dinner, for hosting a holiday dinner? So the basics of what you're going to need are first and foremost, two to four appetizers. This might be something that you make, it might be something you pick up from the store, or something that you delegate to someone else. If you are delegating appetizers, make sure they're the person in your family who actually comes at the very beginning. It's always awkward when somebody asks what they can bring and you say, an appetizer, and then they're not there until like 15 minutes before dinner, and then everyone's like trying to politely shove a jalapeno popper in their mouth like just before they sit down to eat. So just a, a word to the wise, if if you are delegating this and somebody is bringing it, make sure it's somebody who's going to bring it like right away. Um, otherwise, you can be really casual with the appetizers. Uh, typically, like I said, I recommend two to four, usually one to two hot and one to two cold. You all know I love a good charcuterie board. Um, so a grazing board, a charcuterie board is awesome. You just want a couple things for them to graze on. So if people come hungry, they're not starving by the time they sit down for dinner. It gives you as the host, as the cook, a little bit more leeway in being able to prepare that dish and get that dish or whatever the main dish, the sides that you're making ready without feeling so rushed. They're already fed. They already have something to snack on. So one to two hot appetizers, one to two cold appetizers, Trader Joe's, Aldi, Whole Foods, they all have really great um, freezer sections with easy appetizers that you can pop on the table. And especially around the holidays, Trader Joe's and Aldi are the best for easy appetizers if you don't want to make something from scratch. You don't need to make everything from scratch to be a great host, right? It, you can just have a couple things for them to snack on. Could just be cheese and crackers, maybe some stuffed mushrooms, maybe some marinated olives. Oh my gosh, marinated olives are so good and so easy. So that's a great idea. Oh, some nuts, something like that. Just something for them to snack on. Put a couple things out. Have it with the drinks. I mentioned this in the last episode as well. But put out drinks and food at the same time. This helps people to have choices, to feel a little bit more comfortable, and to not get tipsy before dinner starts for the most part. So having two to four appetizers to graze on gives you a little bit more leeway. So have some appetizers. And then usually there's some sort of a starter. So a salad or a soup. Now, I will say, if it's a more involved main, then I recommend less involved appetizers and less involved starters. So usually there's something to start the meal. Maybe it's a salad or maybe there's just some bread on the table that you want to pass around. But just figuring out what you're going to have when people sit down to the table, especially if you're taking a couple minutes to kind of finish everything up before you put it on the table or plate if you're going to plate if it's a smaller group. And then you're going to need your main and your sides. Usually a main and are so some sort of a protein in two sides is what is customary, uh, but it could also be a one-dish meal like a soup or a stew or a casserole, depending on what sort of vibe you're going for, what type of dinner you're going for. When you are really deciding on your main and your sides, consider the foundations of flavor. So taste, texture, and temperature. So taste are those five tastes. So sweet, salty, bitter, sour, and umami. So having a variety of tastes within your dish is going to be most appealing. But this doesn't just have to be in the main dish. This also includes the sides. So you don't want everything to have the same type of flavor. You also don't want it all to have the same texture. So think about like something really soft, like a really soft fish with pureed potatoes <laughs> or pureed carrots or something. And then like 
creamed spinach. There's not a lot of texture to that. It's a little bit boring. So how can we up-level that? How can it be the fish with some roasted potatoes and some crispy shallot on top and some sautéed kale? I don't know. We just mixed it up a little bit there. That's not necessarily a dish that I would serve, but I'm just I'm giving you an example of how we can just up-level the texture a little bit, have a little bit more of a variety of texture to that. And then temperature as well, it can be really helpful to just have some varying temperatures. So if it is a super stew providing some uh, cooler toppings, especially if it's something that's a little bit spicier or a little bit heartier, you can add something a little bit cooling, like a cooling herb or a yogurt or a sour cream or a creme fraiche, something like that to go on top to contrast the texture or sorry, to contrast the temperature. So just consider taste texture and temperature with the main and the sides. And don't forget to consider your guests. In the last episode, I talked about um, making your guests feel more comfortable just by considering their needs. So if you have vegetarians, if you have kids, if you have people who have different dietary preferences, you don't need to please everyone, but just considering them when you're choosing your main and your sides and just making sure that there is generally something for everyone. If there's something for everyone and they don't like it, that's that's kind of on them. <laughs> you you're going to do the best as you can the best you can as the host to just have something available for everyone. And then there's usually some sort of a dessert. This is another area that is really helpful to delegate if you're not somebody who likes to make desserts like myself. I tend to delegate it to my husband or my sister, somebody in the family who likes baking. And then, of course, beverages. Okay, what are you going to drink? Are you going to have wine with dinner? If you drink wine, what kind are you going to have? Is it going to be white? Is it going to be red? If there is somebody you know who loves wine and wants to choose the wine, then delegate that to them, even if you want to pay for it. Um, Will you be serving cocktails for cocktail hour with appetizers? Or are you just going to do like wine and beer, you know, water, juice, sparkling water? What else? What kind of cocktail would go well with the apps or mocktail or what? What else would go well with the apps? So have a couple different options, alcoholic, non-alcoholic, depending on, you know, what you guys do. Uh, And then other drinks to offer during the meal and outside of the meal too, like I mentioned, water, sparkling water, juice, or sparkling cider or grape juice for the kids. If there's a lot of kids, maybe juice boxes to avoid potential spills can be really helpful too. So those are the basics. Two to four apps, salad or soup, you've got your main and your sides, some sort of a dessert, and then beverages. There are three rules to making a dinner party meal happen easier. Yes, I said rules. You know, I don't like to put rules around things, but these are your three rules. I'm giving you rules today. (laughs) Number one, do a test run of whatever you have decided you want to make for your meal and your sides, okay? Don't do anything new. That's the rule. Don't do anything new. Make something that is a favorite that you love, that you've tried out in groups before, or you've tried out with your family, and you're like, ooh, this would be really good for this dinner. Or if you found it and it looks good, try it out before. Make sure that you can execute it the way that the recipe says. Make sure it comes out the way that you are hoping before you serve it to a whole bunch of guests. Number two, do what you can ahead of time. So this means meal prepping, but for your party, doing some prep ahead of time. This might just be ingredient prep, so chopping vegetables. This might be par-cooking potatoes. This is doing what you can ahead of time to make the preparation of the meal simpler on the day of. 
Can you prep everything for the salad ahead of time? Make the salad dressing ahead of time. Can you prep the appetizers ahead and just so they're ready to pop into the oven? Can you slice the cheeses and wrap them really tightly in some press and seal so that those are ready to go and you can just pop them on the charcuterie board? Can you get everything ready for the charcuterie board except for the cheeses and meats? Or maybe they're ready, but they're in the fridge ready to go and you can just pop them on the tray. You can do that a a day in advance. What can you do ahead of time to make it easier on the day of? And number three, delegate. Yes, I'm making this a rule. Whatever you can delegate, delegate. Like I mentioned, it could be the appetizers, it could be the dessert, it could be the drinks. You don't have to do it all yourself unless you want to. And in that case, one and two are even more important, making sure you're not doing anything new, doing what you can ahead of time. However, when your guests ask, what can I bring? Give them something. It can be anything. It can be water bottles. It can be napkins. It can be a dessert. Give them something to bring that will help you out. It doesn't have to be crazy expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be like, yeah, can you get like six bottles of this $30 red wine? No, just say that would be great if you brought some dessert napkins. There you go. One less thing you have to think about. So three rules to making your dinner party meal happen easier. Do a test run. Don't do anything new. That's going to save you so much stress. Number two, do what you can ahead of time. And number three, delegate. Let your guests help. Okay, now we are going to go through the three steps to getting that meal on the table. Step number one is planning the menu. I already went through this. I already went through the basics, what you're going to need, two to four appetizers to graze on, usually one to two hot and one to two cold, a salad or a soup. Remember, if there's a more involved main, a less involved starter is really important. And I tend to recommend a salad. You can do a lot with a salad. It can be really delicious. It's not too heavy. It can be really complimentary to pretty much anything unless your main happens to be a salad, then you don't need a salad and a salad. But oftentimes main are that kind of that protein in those sides. So I tend to recommend a salad because you can make it ahead of time. You can serve a really unique dressing. There's a million options out there. And most people like a really well done salad to start their meal. So you also need that main and sides and some sort of a dessert or something, something sweet to have after dinner, even if it's just some really nice chocolates that you put out on the table and offer coffee and an after dinner drink. That's great. It doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be involved. What's most important when you're hosting is just that you are making your guests feel comfortable. And so having a little dessert, a little something sweet after is great. So whatever that is. Consider the theme or the vibe of your party. Is it more upscale? Is it more casual? Are we doing soup and bread? Are we doing a sit-down dinner? Or like I said before, are we doing like appetizers and cocktail party? Obviously, that is going to change things when it comes to making the meal happen because we're primarily, like I said, talking about a sit-down dinner. But consider that too, right? Because if it is a more casual sort of situation, then something like a slow cooker stew with some really great fresh baked bread is going to come together really quickly for you, is going to be really delicious and cozy for your guests, but is 
largely hands off while the guests are at the party. So it's actually a really great thing to serve because you can have that bread in the oven and then cooling while you mingle with your guests. That stew can be in the slow cooker all day. Um, You can just serve up a quick little salad. And it's simple, easy. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to put in hours of work to make an awesome dinner party. It's just about leaning into what is that vibe? Making sure that you are planning everything in advance. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, And just asking yourself what you need, planning this in advance. I recommend going grocery shopping at least two days in advance. So you have a day in between where if you don't get anything at the stores you think you're going to get things at, then you can troubleshoot and you can get to the store uh, and get whatever you need or call somebody and say, hey, can you pick this thing up for me? That's step number one is planning the menu. Step number two is do what you can ahead of time. I already talked about this, but the number one question I want you to ask is how can I make this easier? So how can I prep these ingredients ahead of time? How can I par cook this ahead of time? What can I prep ahead of time to make this easier and to allow you to enjoy the party more like I talked about in the last episode? Part of the point of entertaining is to be a part of the party and to enjoy it with the people you are entertaining. And so I want you to enjoy it. So what can you do to make things easier? Planning your prep ahead. So writing down everything that you're going to make and all of the prep steps and then dividing it into what can I do ahead and what do I need to do the day of is going to be a game changer. And then you can go ahead And we're going to talk about this in just a minute, but cook in the right order. So when you are writing down everything you need to prep ahead, write down what you need, what you can do ahead of time, what you are going to prep ahead day of. So your mise en place, what you need to, mise en place is a French term that means everything in its place if you didn't already know that. So what do you need to mise en place to execute that dish? What are the oven times and temperatures that or sorry, the oven temperatures and the timeline. So what are the times that things are going to take? And so that's going to help you to actually prepare your timeline and plan that out. So you can do step number three, and that is cook in the right order. This is huge, friend. Cook in the right order so you're utilizing your kitchen well and food comes out on time. The worst at a party is when you are so excited about making all your food that you make it so early that like the main dish is done way before the sides. And then by the time you go to serve it, the main dish is cold and the sides are like super hot. You want everything to be about the same temperature when you serve it, which is an art form. It takes some time to learn how to do that. So I don't expect you to get this right right away. It's going to take some practice, but here's how you do it. You work backwards. You've already figured out what you need to prep. You already know your oven temperatures and your times or how long things are going to take on the stove. You've got your mise en place done. So work backwards. Decide when you want that main dish to hit the table and start the longest cooking item aside from dessert first. If you want the roast to be on the table at 6.30 and it takes an hour and a half, it needs to be in the oven no later than 4.30. Two hours ahead, it only takes an hour and a half. Doesn't it have to be in at five? No. Here's why. Number one, resting time. It needs to rest for at least 10 minutes. Number two, it takes time to carve and serve. So make sure that you are working backwards from when that finished dish hits the table. 
What do you need to do to get that finished dish on someone's plate? And then work backwards. What can you do in between getting that longest dish on the table? If everything's prepped, then you can make sure dishes are finished to be done at pretty much the same time as your main is resting. So for instance, you can get the potatoes roasting at 5.30, so you can put them in the bowl tented with foil before carving the roast, and then you can finish the other side while the potatoes are roasting. I recommend really when you're planning your menu, take a look and make sure you're not making three complicated dishes. So maybe one is a little bit more involved and the other two are easy. Make it easy on yourself, okay? You, It doesn't, like I said before, it doesn't need to be complicated in order to be delicious, in order to feel fancy. So just make sure that you are leaving yourself enough time that you're not, you know, you don't have three things that take an hour and a half. And speaking of that, remember to give yourself enough time to socialize. I mentioned this before. If you want dinner on the table at 6.30, have guests come between 5 or 5.30 for appetizers and drinks. You need to plan ahead to make sure that those appetizers and drinks are, are on the table ahead of time. But if you have them come that early, then you have plenty of time to get the cooking done after you get those appetizers prepared. So have them come a little bit earlier. You're feeding them. They're happy. So it's not like you have to rush to get the dinner on the table. You then have time to relax, have a snack. You have a chance to say hello before popping back in the kitchen to finish dinner, unless you like having your guests gather in the kitchen and cook along with you. I don't always love that, mostly because I've been in smaller kitchens. Um, So one or two people in the kitchen is great, but I, I like being able to mingle with my guests. So totally up to you. But remember to give yourself enough of that time. And then Last but not least, when it comes to cooking in the right order, consider dessert timing. Something that you can make ahead or have ready to pop in the oven during dinner can be really helpful. It is good to have a little space between finishing the main and dessert, but not so long that people get tired and start to leave. Um, So just consider your dessert timing too. So work backwards from that main dish. When are you going to get the sides ready? When are you going to get that starter ready? What can you do ahead of time? And then when are you going to get dessert on? Whether it's something super simple or something you've made ahead, you want to pop in the oven, when are you going to get that done and get it out to your guests? So you did it. Have yourself an espresso. Enjoy a plate of dessert. You just got yourself out a meal to your guests. Congratulations. You did it awesome. And hopefully with less stress. So let's do a little recap. If you are hosting this holiday season and you want it to feel, you want the meal to feel less stressful. We talked about the basics, what you're going to need. Two to four appetizers, usually one to two hot and one to two cold. By the way, a charcuterie board is it's more than enough for cold appetizers. If you're doing that, then just one or two hot apps is great. A salad or a soup to start. Main and usually two sides. Uh, Consider taste, texture, and temperature when you're choosing your main and sides. And don't forget to consider your guests and their needs. A dessert and then beverages. Wine with dinner if you want to do wine or other beverages to have with dinner. Whatever you're serving for appetizers. Maybe a cocktail for cocktail hour or whatever else will go well with the app. Water, sparkling water, juice for the kids, whatever else you need. The three rules to making a dinner party meal happen easier. Do a test run. Don't do anything new. Do what you can ahead of time and delegate. And then the three steps to getting that meal on the table. Step one, planning the menu. 
Step two, doing what you can ahead of time, essentially meal prepping for your dinner party and doing your mise en place to execute everything on time, creating that plan with oven temperatures, with times so you can get everything on the table in a reasonable amount of time, and then cooking in the right order so you're utilizing your kitchen well and food comes out on time. This includes working backwards, deciding when you want that main dish to hit the table, starting the longest cooking item aside from dessert first making sure you're not overcomplicating things so that you can get the sides done while that main is cooking or better yet use something like a slow cooker for the main and then you can just focus on the sides um, and making sure you are considering every part of the process of getting that cooked and onto the table including things like resting time and carving and serving time and then don't forget to give yourself enough time to socialize to enjoy the party Make sure to have people come early enough. If you've got appetizers and drinks, they will have plenty of time to fill their belly a little bit and not be starving before dinner starts. So you can actually enjoy that time with them and actually have some time to prepare that meal. And then last but not least, just consider that dessert timing. Have it be something you can make ahead or something that you can pop in during dinner or better yet, delegate that so that that is just that much more simple. Creating a meal that is delicious and that feels really upscale for the people that you are serving it to, a lot of it has to do more with the feeling than it even does the food. So making sure your guests are comfortable and things are just coming out as close to the the same time and as close to the same or the temperature that you want them to be as possible can make all of the difference. So don't stress. Plan ahead, delegate, do something you're comfortable with, with, work backwards to get that timing right, and just practice. The more you host, the easier it will get, I promise. So happy hosting. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, don't forget to join us in the Healthy Balance Mamas Facebook community where we do Friday coffee chats. Catch me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Feel free to ask me any questions you might have. I am happy to help you troubleshoot and hack your holiday hosting. Have a happy holiday season and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.